Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. The Compliance Life details the journey to and in the role of a Chief Compliance Officer. How does one come to sit in the CCO chair? What are some of the skills a CCO needs to successfully navigate the compliance waters in any company? What are some of the top challenges CCOs have faced and how did they meet them? These questions and many others will be explored in this new podcast series. The Compliance Life is hosted by Tom Fox, and each month he'll present the story of one CCO through four episodes. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm extraordinarily pleased to welcome you to another four-week episode of The Compliance Life. In the month of September, I'll be visiting with Deanna Wongquo. Deanna uh, has been most recently the Chief Compliance Officer at Core Laboratories, where she served from 2003 to May 2020. In that capacity, she led Core Laboratories' ethics and compliance activities. In this role, she reported to the General Counsel and Secretary and to the Audit Committee of the Board of Directors. She was responsible for formulating and implemented Core Lab's ethics policies and procedures, including its code of ethics and corporate responsibility statement, making sure they were communicated and training across all company lines. She managed the company's helpline resources and served as the final internal resource which concerned parties could communicate after other formal channels and resources were exhausted. As chief compliance officer, she was authorized to implement all necessary actions to ensure achievement of objectives of an effective compliance program. In her role, she collaborated with other functional departments, including internal audit, human resources, information security, to receive and direct compliance issues for the company. Deanna has a great story. Uh, it's well worth listening to. I know you'll enjoy it, and I know you'll learn a lot. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox back again for another episode in the Compliance Life. This month, we're uh, featuring Deanna Wangquo, and who is a Chief Compliance Officer. In this episode, too, we're going to take up what a Compliance Officer does. Deanna, first of all, welcome back. Thanks, Tom. Deanna, we, uh, in episode one, we talked about your professional background, obviously a, a little different than many Compliance Officers in that you're a QAQC professional, but uh, and we talked about some of the skills you had uh, from that profession. But as you moved into your role as the company's chief compliance officer, what did you find a chief compliance officer did? Did your uh, professional background as a QAQC professional influence or help you in any ways? And uh, what kind of the skills that you would advise uh, someone who's seeking the, the CCO chair to invest in uh, as they move up the ladder. Sure. Thanks, Tom. Thanks again for having me back. So that's a lot to unpack. 
But let me start with this. So some of the skills that I attained as a quality assurance professional that helped me to sort of ease into the CCO chair is that I brought with me first and foremost integrity. Integrity has always been part of who I am. Um, People who know me on a personal level will tell you I preach (laughs) about integrity all of the time. You know, we'll tell people if you don't have integrity, then you really don't have, you know, a lot to, to stand on. Integrity is important. It was very important that I understood risk assessments and the importance of risk assessments and how um, risk impacts various aspects of the business. It was important for me to understand conflict management because certainly when you, uh, when as a compliance officer, you have to conduct an investigation. Conflict management, sorry, excuse me. Conflict management is an important skill set to have because when you're going to have to interview someone who has allegedly um, performed or uh, have broken, you know, one of the company policies or an ethics violation or committed fraud, that individual is going to, you know, is going to have a... uh, a lot of animosity towards you, but you have to remember the reason why you're there. You're there to determine the facts. And so you have to do what you have to do in order to, um, to kind of write that or control that narrative. It's important to bring problem solving skills to the table. Um, you have to be good you know, in regards to analytical thinking, you have to be comfortable doing that. You have to be comfortable um, bringing out your creative side, if you will, because in your role as the chief compliance officer, part of your job is to make sure that the company stays out of trouble. And that's a pretty broad brush to paint with. How do you ensure your company stays out of trouble? Well, you have to know what regulations that your company is bound by. So the company I work for is a publicly traded company. So certainly I had to be aware of, you know, SEC regulations. I had to be aware of DOJ sort of regulations. Um, and we were in oil and gas. So there are a lot of documents that have to be read, so you have to be able to interpret those. And and then when you're reading regulations and laws in some cases, it can be a bit obscure. So it's not always black or white. So I would also say you have to be comfortable being in the gray as well. Bringing detail, you know, being detail-oriented is another important aspect. Because the one thing that I loved about my corporate compliance officer job is I never did the same things from day to day. There was always something different that I was exposed to, which made my job even more exciting. It's important 
as a CCO to remain current and to um, have a good knowledge base and to make sure, of course, that that knowledge base is current for the industry that you are supporting. It doesn't hurt to also be honest and to be trustworthy because if you are going to manage or have anything to do with an employee hotline or helpline, and you're going to be the person on the other end of that call, you want to give the caller the assurance that you are someone who they can trust, that you will hold that information confidentially. And if the person wants to remain anonymous, that you do the best you can to protect that anonymity. But you also have to be transparent with that person and let them know, listen, if you're working with a small group of people, even though I don't mention that Bob, quote unquote Bob, uh, called and reported the concern that we're going to have to investigate, individuals still may be able to pinpoint that it was Bob. But what I also want to encourage the CCO to do is to make sure that that caller knows the company's non-retaliation policy. And it's important for a company to have a policy and not just a couple of lines as part of the code of conduct, but to have an actual policy that you can point that caller to so that he or she can have some comfort in that he or she will be protected from retaliation and make sure that the company holds their end of the deal. Deanna, uh, I thought uh, it might be good if you could uh, talk a little bit about the work of core laboratories and as a compliance officer, perhaps some of the um, challenges you had in, in your business. And also, I uh, had the opportunity to visit you at the offices of core laboratories and it struck me that it was a very open environment. I believe you had an office, but it, it was not sort of squirreled away in a suite. Uh, it was right in the middle of, of a full open floor plan. And it seemed like people could uh, and were going in and out of, of everywhere that I could go when I made that visit. And, and did, did that floor plan or that office structure really help facilitate this open discussion that you've described that's a chief compliance officer needs. And so core laboratories, as I mentioned, it's a uh, company that was in the oil and gas industry, and they were one of the largest service providers of proprietary and patented reservoir description, production enhancement, and reservoir management services within the petroleum industry. Within core laboratories, there were various uh, business units in operation there, all of which, of course, the corporate compliance officer had responsibility for uh, in you know, regards to the compliance program. So part of my job was to communicate the culture of ethics there 
And the way you described the layout of like where my office was, yeah, I was not, you know, behind the C-suite. My office was indeed accessible to um, anyone who wanted to come in and talk with me. And that was part of my task, if you will, to communicate that indeed my door was open. Did people come and visit me in my office to discuss their concerns in regards to ethics and fraud violations? Yes, they did. Did they, um, did they call? Was the helpline used? Yes. People utilized it across the globe. Core Laboratories uh, is indeed a multinational company. So every, just about in every location where Transparency International has a risk map where it's red, <laughs> Core Laboratories <laughs> had an office in that area. So needless to say, you know, I was always concerned as to whether or not people outside of the U.S. would utilize the helpline, would feel comfortable and confident enough to utilize the helpline outside of the U.S. And yes, we did receive calls. And a lot of our calls, like most helplines, dealt with HR-related issues. But we did have the We did have calls that were of substance and and important to us and did lead to to us conducting some internal investigations that helped us to continue to protect the CoreLab brand and the CoreLab name. So I can tell you that our senior executives, or the senior executives at the time, were very serious about ethics. They communicated that. They actually walked the talk. So that made my job, um, you know, very easy. Did I have some challenges? Yes, just like any other CCO would have. So I wasn't always in agreement with, um, with the handling or the disciplinary measures, if you will, Um, resulting from some of our ethics investigations. But I understood that once I presented my case and I offered what, you know, what I felt in my professional capacity would be the appropriate outcome, that wasn't always agreed upon um, with our, and and at the time I reported to the GC. I I forgot to say that. I I did report to the GC. And so, you know, there were some times when he and I didn't see eye to eye, but it, it did not mean that, oh, my goodness, I needed to raise a concern to the audit committee or outside of the of the building. It, it wasn't that sort of disagreement. We just had a difference of opinion in regards to disciplinary action and what should be taken. So, for example, I thought that once we discovered that a group of individuals in the company was submitting fraudulent mileage reimbursement, that the whole lot of individuals, including, you know, any management that was involved, um, should have been terminated. He pushed back on that, saying, well, you know, if we do that, then we're going to clear out an office. And I said, well, sometimes that's what you have to do, you know, to, to make a point as to how serious the company is in regards to fraud. 
So we did not fire everyone in the building. Of course, disciplinary action was taken, but, you know, people did not lose jobs. And then there was a couple of times when uh, some individuals had reported some concerns to the helpline, and they indicated that they felt like they had been retaliated against. And to me, it was pretty clear that retaliation had occurred. But again, um, even after presenting what I consider to be the facts and in the individual's own words, I was overruled in that, you know, the company's position was not going to, you know, was not going to support that. Yeah, indeed, these individuals had been retaliated against. So those kinds of things make the job as as the corporate compliance officer a bit challenging because you want to do what's right. You think you're making the right decisions, but you know, once there is a, you know, a, a discussion held and everyone presents their case, then, you know, sometimes you have to accept uh, resolutions, even when you don't necessarily agree with them. Deanna, unfortunately we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us uh, for our next episode where we look at, the importance of building trust, being honest, and having high ethical standards. I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks, Tom. I do as well. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.